Good morning, Mayor. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Good Israel Chag, everybody. I hope everybody enjoyed a wonderful Yom Tov, a wonderful Chag HaMatzos. Tomorrow, we have the privilege of reading Parshas Shemini. We transition. It doesn't take long. We go Baruch Hashem from one to the other. Now, Parshas Shemini, according to the Chinuch, contains 17 mitzvos, six positive mitzvos, and 11 restrictions. A good part of Parshas Shemini, once the Torah describes the incredible Yom HaShmini, which is Rosh Chodesh Nisan, the anniversary after we left Mitzrayim, was the incredible day which brought joy to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as the joy that he had at the creation of the world when we dedicated the Mishkan, the sanctuary, literally bringing the Shechina, the Divine Presence, onto this earth. The second half of the Parsha deals with the detailed laws of Kashrus, which animals, birds, fish, insects may be eaten by the Jew and which may be not. I'd like to focus for a moment or two on something which is very, on the one hand, perplexing and teaching a fantastic and very important lesson. If I were to ask anybody how many extra letters in the Torah, we know the answer is none. How many extra words? None. How many extra psukim? I will show you in a moment that there are nothing less than four extra verses in the Torah. Let's begin with the following. According to the Chinuch, Mitzvah 153 in the Torah is to examine the signs of animals which determine if they are kosher. The Torah tells us if you want to know if something is a kosher animal or not. The Torah says it very clearly. Chapter 11, verse 3. If an animal is mafresis parso, if it has a split hoof, and it is malas geira, and it chews its cud, the Torah says, osato If it has these two positive traits, then you may eat this animal. What didn't you understand? I think it's quite clear. Yet, the Torah then brings four verses where the Torah says, listen carefully everybody, that there are three plus one exceptions to this rule. What does that mean? There are three animals that chew its cud, but do not have split hooves. And there's one animal that has split hooves, but does not chew its cud. And the Torah then goes on to identify in these psukim what those four exceptions are. Number one, says the Torah, don't eat the camel. Number two, 
says the Torah. Tolita hyrax, which is like a woodchuck. Number three, Tolita hare, which is like a rabbit, because these three chew their cud, but do not have split hooves. And then the Torah says, there's one that has split hooves, but does not chew its cud, and that is the pig. These four animals are the exceptions. Now I ask you, why is it necessary for the Torah to go out of its way to list these exceptions? I know if they don't have both, it's not kosher. And listen to a fantastic understanding. The Torah is showing us that the Torah is divine. That the Torah was written by Hashem. Who else over 3,000 years ago could state unequivocally, could state without any hesitation that these are the only exceptions to the rule. And guess what? Over the last 3,000 years, nobody has found that fourth animal that chews its cud and yet doesn't have split hooves, and nobody has found another animal that has split hooves, but does not chew its cud. Amazing. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Moshe Rabbeinu at the snap, that he is Zeshmi Le'olam. Le'olam is spelled Choser. Le'elem. Zeshmi, this is my identity, says Hashem to Moshe. Elem, hidden. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is hidden in this world. But an incredible little source such as this reveals his presence. And we recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the world by this list. So if you ask how many extra words, how many extra psukim, the arrow, the answer is zero. But from these four psukim, wow, we see clearly the mark of Hashem. So this is another proof of Hashem being the creator of the universe because He knows what He created and He knows what He didn't create. He knows these are the only animals. Now, let's move on. We just finished Zecher Lemase Bereshis, which is, I'm showing you now, through these animals, but we just finished the Yom Tov of Pesach, which is Zecher Yitzias Mitzrayim. Tonight in the Kiddush, we say both. Zecher Lemase Bereshis, Hashem Shabbos, is a remembrance of creation, and Shabbos is a remembrance of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. These two themes, says the Ramban, are really one and the same. How do I know that there was a creation? Maybe those individuals that suggest a Big Bang, the world just came into being. Come on, move on. The answer is we know from Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim that just as in Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim Hashem was able to control nature completely 
water for the Jews, blood for the Egyptians, and even within the same glass, at the same time, water coming out for the Jew, blood coming out for the Egyptians, this clearly shows that he controls nature because he created nature. So the two of Zechel Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and Zechel Lemaiseh Bereshis really go hand in hand. He is the creator. So when you say the Kiddush tonight and you say both, do it with a drop more kavana and realize that one clearly explains and makes clear the other. We find ourselves now Isruchag, and as we go to shop and restock, we know that we have to buy from Jewish sources who sold their chametz, and after Pesach bought it back. Otherwise, there's a problem of chametz she'avar alav ha'Pesach. Yes, you could buy from a non-Jew, but I always say, if one can, we should try to give our business to Jewish merchants. Now, I want to show you something fantastic. Look at the Jewish people and look at this idea of Chomets Sha'avar Alava Pesach, which means Chomets that was not properly disposed of from before Pesach. I read to you from the Sefer, the Holocaust and Halacha by a Dr. Rosenblum who Rosenbaum, excuse me, who did a very good job of research and documents all of his data. And he tells us the following. That just before Pesach, in 5703, exactly 80 years ago, the Germans sent to the ghetto the usual quota of bread which they were accustomed to distribute to the Jews. This ration was for a two-week period. Since observant Jews would attempt to save their bread quota and not eat it during Pesach, Rav Ashi was asked what to do in this case about the prohibition of Chabetz, which was in the possession of Jews during Pesach and would therefore be forbidden after Pesach. It was not possible to arrange the customary sale to a non-Jew, for the Jews were afraid to have any contact with a non-Jew, since this was forbidden under penalty of death. And they were also afraid that even if they did manage to make arrangements with a non-Jew, he would inform the Germans that Jews were concealing and hoarding bread. And in his tshuva, Ravashri cites the passage and the commentaries in Shulchan Aruch, which prohibit the use of Chabiz She'avar, Allah HaPesach. 
and through this procedure, okay, though if a person nullifies, which means beetle, I nullify and declare my chametz to be ownerless, this frees a person from the Doraisa, from the biblical commandment of not possessing chametz. Nevertheless, the Chachamim feared that if such chametz were not forbidden, unscrupulous people would retain their chametz during Pesach and simply claim after Pesach that they had made the declaration divesting them of ownership. He then goes on to tell you that what about this case? He quotes the Torah Shlomim, a man who was imprisoned and couldn't sell or get rid of his chametz before Pesach he simply nullified it. So in that case here, the Torah Shlomim says, since he did comply with the Doraisa and there was no way out, that would be good enough. So if we had only that source, we'd have no problem. However, and by the way, the Marim, Mirikanti, the Knesset Agadola, the Olat Shabbat, and the Shalos and Shuvos, Givat Pinchas, all agree that because of this, it would be okay. However, now listen to this. The Nodebi Yehuda rules, it's still forbidden. Even when one is prevented from disposing his chametz under duress. And Rabbi Kiva Eger and the Chassam Sofer agree with him. Ay, ay, ay. So what do we do in this case here? So the Mishnah Brura concludes that in the case of great financial loss where the owner of the Chameis has not disposed of his Chameis because he's in prison or some of the duress, it can be used after Pesach. Listen to what Rav Ashri said. Rav Ashri develops the ingenious point that in any case, the bread ration does not belong to the Jews and is not legally his. For according to the German laws, all Jewish property was legally theirs. It belonged to the Germans. Even the bread rations, which they distributed through the Judenrat, remained in the German property. And the Jewish agency was simply their agent for distributing it. And this is so, he points out, for if the Germans were to discover anyone taking some of this bread, they would immediately kill him. Unbelievable to think that under those conditions, Achinu B'nai Yisrael, look and be so proud from whom we come, that even under those conditions, they were concerned, are we allowed to eat the bread? The bottom line is, as you all surmised, the answer was yes. But the fact that they asked, be so proud. My friends, this is precisely what we said at the Pesach Seder. We lifted up the cup. And we said, What's Sha'amda? We cover the matzah. The matzah on the night of the Pesach Seder was biblical. 
the Arba Kosos, for he is rabbinic. And we said, for he, it was our scrupulous observance of not only Torah law, but even the Drabadans, which has kept us where we are today. Be so proud to be a Jew. Be so proud and thankful for all which we have, for the incredible abundance of which we had during the Yom Tov of Pesach. How proud, how happy we should be. But let's remember where we come from and let us say that especially at this time when Klal Yisrael is going through a most challenging time, I quote the Chafetz Chaim. The Chafetz Chaim Zechet Tzadik Lavracha said, Zogin, a Jew can't say, Tos is schlecht, it's bad. Mekenya Zogin, Tos is bitter. You can't say it's bitter. We completely feel with Achenu, Kobnei Yisrael, in Eretz Yisrael, while going through these very difficult times. And we pray that Klal Yisrael's careful observance of Torah and mitzvot and the unity that the Yom Tov is bringing will bring about, please God, joy and simcha to all of Klal Yisrael. Shabbat Shalom to all.